I think people think vulnerability is like a negative thing. Like, oh, I've got to like tell you that I'm thinking about quitting teaching. Like vulnerability doesn't have to be something that's a downer. That's today's guest, podcaster and band director, Aaron Holmes, talking to us about the different ways we as teachers can and should be vulnerable. Welcome to Music Ed Insights. I'm leadership trainer and former band director, Alan Fire, here with composer and co-college music education program head, Steve Shanley. Each episode, Alan and I talk with national thought leaders in music education with practical insights for K-12 music educators. Steve, tell us about our guest. Erin Holmes launched her career at the beginning of the millennium by attaining a teaching position in Farmington Area Public Schools, District 192 in Minnesota. Ms. Holmes' jazz and concert bands have participated in many prestigious festivals and performances, including the Minnesota Music Educators Association Midwinter Clinic. School Band and Orchestra Magazine named Erin one of the nation's 50 directors who make a difference. She served as chair for the MMEA, And as you'll hear in our discussion, she is presenting at the 2023 Midwest Band and Orchestra Clinic. Find Aaron's full bio, show notes, and resources at musicatinsights.com. Alan, what was the takeaway you had from this episode? Being a really good listener when talking with administrators. Great practical advice that can really set you apart. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I think this might have been the most surprised I've sounded during one of our interviews. Erin is so positive, so successful, and she teaches in a very supportive community. So you'll hear my shock when she mentioned that she was seriously contemplating leaving the teaching profession. I think our listeners will benefit from her honesty on that subject and why she decided to stick with it. Yeah, I think she practices what she preaches, too. And I think that her recommitment to her why is a big reason for that. Let's get to Aaron Holmes. Aaron Holmes, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. Well, you've had a great deal of success as a music teacher. And in my experience, that usually goes hand in hand with a teacher having a solid relationship with their administration. Has that been the case for you? And if so, how have you cultivated those relationships over the years? You know, I started my career, I'm going into my 24th year of teaching this fall and the principal that hired me, I'm still, I'm still friends with him. Um, he's, he's now since retired. The coolest thing was, is that he believed in me right away. So that confidence level for myself instantly was right there. And the more that I learned about going and talking to people and telling them about your passions and the why you do anything, that's what builds those relationships. Of course, there's ups and downs with with administration and things like that. But overall, it's, it's all about how you connect with people and listen to them because they have passions and things that they do and understand and, and don't express all the time because they can't. And realizing that we're, we're all there for the same thing and it's kids. So absolutely. I've actually been appointed a different position as well as being the director of bands at Farmington High School. I am now the activities coordinator to help support and amplify the arts in our district. And that that's going to include like Science Olympiad and the math team and, and other performing arts areas. So I'm very excited about that level of trust that they have in me and they they believe in the skill set that I have. So that's that's been really cool over the years just to build that that trust. I mean, one of our podcasts that we did was with our athletic director, activities director, and what does it mean to connect with band directors? How does that work, especially with when you're dealing with football and lacrosse and soccer and and everything else across the board? I feel like early in my career, I needed 
someone like Alan to tell me, hey, don't just assume that the principal doesn't like band or mm -hmm. doesn't know anything about it or don't assume that the activities director who is a former basketball coach don't just assume that they're not going to like ban like go into this with with good intentions and not being defensive and and i know you a, a little bit uh, well enough to know that you probably are very much like you probably did not have to learn that lesson the hard way maybe like i did but in your experience, I, I have to imagine going in positive and and hoping, assuming that they want what's best for the kids, even if maybe their background doesn't involve having played in band or orchestra or sung in choir. Uh, has that been your experience? A hundred percent. You know, I, I always talk to people like, just like with, with teaching, right? Like we are always kind of teaching a lot of the same things when we're talking about pedagogy and stuff. It's the same thing about teaching about your program. You have to constantly go out and connect with others. You know, it's the same thing with like working with the football team and the, and the football coaches and, and things like that, the volleyball, when you need the gyms and, and, and whatnot, you have to go and educate everybody about your passions and your why. I learned very early on that emails are worthless when it comes to anything but the, the <laughs> tedious bullet list, right? You got to go talk to people. You've got to go have them hear your voice, see your face. So I do take a lot of time and I go to people and I, I make those phone calls. But more importantly, like I'm, I'm out in the building and I'm, I'm up in the office and I'm out there and, and connecting so that people see me and they, they see the why behind anything that we do. And then there's that level of trust, like, hey, I believe in your program. I want to support you I want to be there for you just like I would want that back so I think the big thing is is that like we're as as performing arts people and the arts in general we're we're always like on that defense and and we have to like oh we got to come in fighting we don't have to anymore if you do it the right way I'd love to hear you and Alan have a little back and forth on when should an email not be an email and be in person? Because I'm an introvert, so I would just, I'd rather have everything be an email. That's easier for me. I maybe don't think quite as quickly on my feet, and I like to be able to think about my words before I send them. So you mentioned knowing when to not send an email, and I know this is a specialty of Alan's as well. I'd, I'd like to hear you two riff on that for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can riff. Steve hits on a good point, mm -hmm. which is the need for some people to process. I was in my office. Uh, yeah, students would hang out in the office with us. There's one student in there. And I said, ooh, Kelly, I was looking at my email. Could you excuse me, please? I just got an email from a concerned parent, and I'd like to call them. And she said, why? And I said, because I want to prove to this parent I care. I want to show them. I'm responsive. She said, so you're going to call them. Now, this student has more in common with Steve than me when it comes to approach in interpersonal relationships. I said, of course. How else would I show that I care? She said, well, if I wrote an email about a concern, I probably would spend a lot of time on it. And if I sent it, and then I got a phone call right away after I sent it, I'd feel ambushed. And I wouldn't think it was a good thing. It would catch me off guard. But you're the adult and you're the teacher. So I imagine you know better. And I'll excuse you. Shall I shut the door on my way out? <laughs> and I said, sure. And she shut the door. And I was like, huh, yeah. And I put myself in the, in the shoes of the person who maybe stressed out a little bit before they hit send. And so then I composed an email back. 
but I still can't get away from the essential truth of, I think what Aaron you're saying is there's no better way to communicate about passion and about a why and about what really matters than to do it face to face and verbally. How do you feel about giving some people a heads up though? Like what, what do you think about like those situations where somebody needs that time to process? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, and going back to the concerned parent thing, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on like, I want to make a phone call, even though it's super hard. Like some of these conversations are not easy to do. And yes, of course, it's easier to like be in my office and type an email and read it 15 times before I hit send or, you know, I I'm that way too. Um, But I, in those types of situations, what I like to do, whether it's with admin or another colleague, um, a parent or a student even is be like, Hey, I, I hear you on this. Um, I would love to actually talk about this if you're willing and and you're comfortable of doing that. Um, Can we set up a time to do that? And sometimes they're like, yes, I'm ready right now. Or we we come to a communication standpoint of like, okay, what's going to work best? And maybe it's just that they're like, nope, I'm good. You, you heard me. That's all I needed from you. And and sometimes that's, that's all you need to do. Well, when it comes to uh, colleagues in, in the same building, this doesn't need to be an email. Let me take a minute and walk up the hall. And then I think that's different than catching a concerned parent off guard. Then I think that's, uh, hey, we care. We're all in this together. And we could really misinterpret each other over an email, potentially. Let's skip that particular part of it. I'll just say I like that approach of sending the email to say, could we have a conversation about this instead of you just like showing up at my door? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then me, you know, either being in the middle of something or or being caught off guard. So, yeah. So we can agree an email Mm-hmm. to warn that we'd like to set up a conversation <laughs> might be okay for the for the Steves in our listeners' lives. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. What have been some highlights from that project? Uh, what are some takeaways you've had? How has it made you a better teacher? I got to I got to say like last fall I was I was kind of in a place like or at least going into the into the school year I was kind of in a place where like I don't know if I want to teach anymore and I'm like I need something I need something to challenge me something to do I'm going to stop you right there because okay. that's an interesting thing that we're going to want to talk about because I have a feeling a whole bunch of listeners are like I'm also thinking I don't want to teach anymore mm-hmm. or they've read your bio and they maybe have interacted with you and you're so positive and so successful and they're thinking even Aaron Holmes is thinking mm-hmm. maybe she doesn't want to be a teacher anymore. So let's talk a little bit about that and then we'll get back to the podcast if that's okay. Tell me about your professional identity crisis that you were having. Absolutely. Um, last year, even though it was fairly normal, it was still such a struggle like with the the lack of like apathy from kids and parents and 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 we had a really good situation in farmington like i look at a lot of people other people's struggles and i'm like i don't have anything to complain about honestly and um i just remember feeling like i don't think i can do this for another 20 some years and 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 have this fight and I couldn't pinpoint what the fight was like. There was just there wasn't something that I was like, oh, it's exactly this. And so my normal solution of problem solving didn't it didn't work. And so I was like, I know what I can do. I can control how I how I respond to all this and how I take care of myself. So I put myself in therapy. And so I was I was talking to a counselor. It was over the phone. It was great because it wasn't like I was trying to like drive somewhere and taking more stress out and 
she really made me start doing some work um, by, by writing things down um, and all these little exercises of like, you know, like basically like pros and cons lists about like why, and she would draw all these, these questions and the answers from me. And she's like, well, it sounds to me like you really truly do care about teaching. And I got to a point where I was like, I actually really do. And once I started doing that for myself, I started to, to have a different perspective and going in every single day, I felt back like my mindset was back to the way it was when I first started teaching. And there was just this renewed energy, but I had to like sit back and really take a look at uh, the why I was doing what I was doing. And if I wasn't going to get out of this, what else would I, was I going to do? Because I always told myself if I was going to be that teacher that just showed up for a paycheck, I was going to quit teaching. Well, I want to thank you for being brave and sharing all of that. Um, you know, some vulnerable stuff there that I know a lot of people are, are going through. And I think sometimes hearing that, that people that we emulate or look up to are going through some of those things makes it a lot easier for us to say, yeah, maybe, maybe I need to see a therapist too. Maybe, Maybe some of these thoughts are normal. Maybe some of these thoughts aren't normal. And maybe I need to kind of work through some of that instead of just powering through each day. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Okay. Back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing that I've, I've gotten out of this is obviously a ton of laughter. If you listen to the podcast, like I have so much fun, but it's so much fun to listen to others and learn from them. Yes, I've been doing this a long time, but man, every day is a good day to get better. And, and when we can sit back and learn from each other, it just, it's so inspiring. What are some ways it's made you a better teacher? Any specific things that have changed about how you rehearse or program music or anything like that? Absolutely. Um, my goal in, in Farmington has been to reach other students within our school. Like we're a school of 2,200 kids. And if we only have, you know, just rough numbers of like 600 in the, the choir band program, because we, we don't have orchestra. Well, how many kids are we missing by not offering music things? And so we have been really, really proactive, you know, prior to COVID. And then especially afterwards of creating more classes for kids that don't have to be in a performance group. And so listening to people like Eric Songer talk about these um, opportunities or like how valuable athletic bands are for kids because like that might be their jam that that's why they stay in band. So listening to like Michael Thursby and Daniel James Felton, we, we've just had so many great guests that just know what they're doing. What's a must listen first, first episode. I haven't ever checked out your podcast. Which episode <laughs> should I listen to first? Happy hour in the girl boss room. I have all boys in my family. And so they, they call this the girl boss room. It's my office. And so that one's a super fun one. But we have other other good ones, too, that are like, oh, the, the acronyms, buzzwords and anxiety. It's back to school. And so we kind of chat about like those buzzwords. But actually, like if you buy into them, they're, they're actually really valuable. Speaking of buzzwords, mm -hmm. one thing that people can interpret as a buzzword is knowing your why. But you've mm -hmm. talked a couple of times about like knowing your why. Uh, that's pretty valuable. It's a good buzzword to buy into. Mm -hmm. Could you summarize your why in one sentence? My why in one word is is process. That's what I look for every single day. Every day, I want to get better every single day. And 
shameless plug, I'm actually presenting this at Midwest. Mm. Why teach why now with Dr. Paul Booty from University of Wisconsin River Falls. I just went through the motions of teaching before, like, oh, here's the concert. That's that's what we've got to that's what we've got to do. But we didn't see the kids as much as we see them now and hear them and value them like we did. But it's different now for me. It's way different. And I can always once I know the when I trust the process product is going to be just fine. Your why should never stay the same. Like my why was way different when I first started teaching to where it is now. And I I talked to somebody the other day about that. And I was talking about like the how, which is a lot about the process and the pedagogy. And that person's still in in that space. And that's fine. Like it's okay to be where you're at as long as you're always thinking about what going forward is. For our listeners who don't know, Alan is very passionate about leadership. His full-time job is helping others become better leaders in the private sector, but also student leadership, and especially in high school music settings. And I'd just like to listen to the two of you kind of nerd out on leadership right now, because I know you and your husband also provide leadership training. So what are some of the key elements of your approach, Aaron? My first approach, it's being vulnerable. And you've got to let people know that you're going to do the work too. And the work is never ending. Have you been influenced by Brene Brown a lot or did that happen accidentally? Yeah. Because that's her huge thing, you know? It it is. And that's actually one of the books that we're using right now in our leadership training. So yes, Mm -hmm. her, um, the book that John Gordon wrote with PJ Fleck. And so those are huge for us. Cool. I'm always looking for books like that. (laughs) Yeah. So my uh, my, like three-step outline to be an effective peer-to-peer leader is build relationships encourage others, ask for more. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd have to pause and think for a moment about where uh, vulnerability falls into that. But I, I think it probably would fit into that first step, right? You build you build effective relationships with people because you have to get to know the people you're leading, but they also have to get to know you. Because if all you do is get to know your people, the people you lead, but then you're kind of a stone wall and you're kind of distant, like emotionally, it's not going to work because they don't feel like they're in relationship with you. I think people think vulnerability is like a negative thing. Like, oh, I've got to like tell you that I'm thinking about quitting teaching. Like vulnerability doesn't have to be something that's a downer or like, oh, this this experience happened to me. So this is why you should believe in me and trust in me because of this experience. Vulnerability can also be like, yeah, I messed up on the podium. Let's do that again for me. And I'm going to own that. But it also can be where I need you to know where my passions and my why is at. And once you build that, that communication opens up so much more, like you said, where it's not just like, here's what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm going to do this too, because I truly believe in everything. Like one of my hashtags I have is every day is a good day to get better. And I live that with whether it's me being a mom or a, a wife or a teacher or a friend or to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Vulnerability 101 is like allowing other people to see your weaknesses, but you're Mm -hmm. so right. It doesn't stop there. You like advanced vulnerability is more about just sort of being that whole package and just letting people see all of you. And, and I think, I think we can demonstrate vulnerability by talking about what we think we're good at Mm -hmm. because, because it's not cool to brag or it's not right. Like, so (laughs) if you're not truly bragging, but you're really saying, you know, I feel like I really get where the dynamics have to be in this piece. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that eventually y'all be sold in these eight bar phrases, right? Or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah, and and that's what I want the kids to understand too. Like, I want them to to speak music to me. I don't want this to be where I'm telling them what to do musically. Like, I want them to feel confident and safe that they can do this in my classroom. So then, then it extends to 
everything else in their life, whether, you know, whether it's a, a, you know, romantic relationship or a parent relationship or anything that you have to be able to be vulnerable and stand out and trust yourself that you know what you're talking about. Isn't it funny that the uh, benefits of being a great band student or a great choir student or a great orchestra student or a great basketball team member (laughs) just happen to extend into all facets of life? That's good. Um, Let's keep going. When students head into student leadership roles without care and nurture, and they just go ahead and do it without any kind of um, like training or forethought, what are some of the mistakes that you see them make? Oh, they, they're only thinking of themselves. They're not, they're not looking at the big picture. And just like as band directors, like we have to see the whole field. We have to see the whole um, band room. We have to see all of everything. And if, if they're just thinking about themselves and, and that title and, and part of what I do is I, I talk about like titles don't matter. Like mm-hmm. every, your character is who you are when you think no one's watching. So if you're cleaning up after yourselves, when you're there with a big group after a jazz band concert and you're tidying up that table and I get a phone call from the manager saying your kids were amazing last night. That that's that leadership I'm talking about. Aaron, you're so positive. You're so positive. Like <laughs> there's no room in the answer to this question for people doing good things. The question is, where do they screw up? Where do they get it wrong? And you like, you like spent like five words on that. And you're like, but then this is what happens. Like that is such a testimony to like your relentless positivity. I, I think they get really bossy. I think they get bossy because they just want to make the music sound good. And I'm with you. Like they, that it's not just that they're only thinking about themselves. It's that they're only thinking about the product. And you talked earlier about the passion for the process. It's your why. Mm-hmm. Um, that if that if a student leader is only thinking about product, then they're just going to be like, open your mouth more, take a deeper breath, get over there, clean up this mess. Because they're just thinking about the end goal and not about the relationships. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Okay. One more chance for you to say something negative about <laughs> students who don't get it. <laughs> Well, I think they 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 become isolated and they're they're catty and they're mean to each other for sure. Yeah. I I have no room for that. I, I've seen so much. You know, we've all have seen the the bullying and the and the inappropriateness, and I have a zero tolerance for that. And there, there's no there's no room for that in an ensemble. Well, with the uh, the negative positive, sometimes uh, in our lightning round, which closes down our interviews, I have a question that says, what is a song or piece of music that you would be fine never hearing again? And I'm not going to ask you that one. All five of these are going to be positive things that you get to share. Are you ready for the lightning round, Aaron Holmes? I, I am ready for the lightning round. Okay. Favorite restaurant in the Twin Cities? Panino Brothers. What kind of food? It's actually its own. It's like American food, but it's delicious and I love it. Excellent. (laughs) Piece of music, composer or performer that you wish more people knew about? I did this piece this spring. His name was Tommy Wu called Their Souls Were Lifted from the Dust. It is amazing. That's a concert band piece? Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yep. Favorite film or TV series you've enjoyed recently? (laughs) My vice is I watch the Real Housewives shows. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Most memorable live music performance you've attended? Probably the first time I ever saw the band Less Than Jake. It's a ska band and it is my jam. It is my home. And finally, a book recommendation for our listeners. I liked The the Housemaid and then The Housemaid's Secret by Frieda McFadden. It's some good drama, murder, mystery stuff. Aaron Holmes, it's been great to get to know you better and, and riff on all kinds of topics here. 
we also believe in the process. So you, you, you have a home here and we'll talk again. Thanks for being on the show. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Music Ed Insights. Please support this podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing it. Reach out to us on our Facebook page, Music Ed Insights, or via Twitter at Music Ed Insights. Our website is also the place to find program notes, links, and a one-page download of this episode's key takeaways. That's musicedinsights.com. This podcast is sponsored and supported by The Normal Design helping normal companies and normal people create memorable, meaningful, and professional designs and branding. Learn more at thenormaldesign.com. Also, Winterset Websites, website design and maintenance, wintersetwebsites.com. Group Dynamic, a leading provider of youth leadership workshops. Allen works with dozens of schools each year to help develop their leaders. Learn more at groupdynamic.net slash youth hyphen leadership. Or you could email me at alan at groupdynamic.net. Also sponsored by the Co-College Music Education Program, they've got a website too. Just click on the link at our website or email me at shamley at coe.edu. New episodes generally drop every two weeks on Monday. Get current. Stay relevant. Music Ed Insights.